welcome to the first in our new series of Appleby Asia Talks. Today your speakers from Appleby in Asia are Damon Booth of Council and myself, Lorinda, a partner in our Hong Kong office. Damon has just joined us in Hong Kong from Appleby's Cayman Islands office, so welcome and great to have you on board, Damon. Thank you, great to be here. Uh, firstly, Damon and I and all of us at Appleby would like to wish all our listeners, friends and families a very happy, healthy and prosperous year of the dragon. So as we leave the old year and welcome in the new, it seems apposite to look at what we have seen during the course of last year and what we might look forward to in the coming year. I should firstly say that this conversation does not constitute legal advice. Rather, with a restructuring and insolvency focus in this podcast, we will have a look at developments in the restructuring officer regime in the Cayman Islands. So Damon, hot off the several planes it takes to get to Hong Kong from Cayman, what would you say has captured people's attention in the Cayman Islands over the last year and what might we expect to see? Well, perhaps the most significant development in recent years in the restructuring space uh, were the amendments to the Companies Act, which introduced the new restructuring officer regime and providing a new pathway for distressed companies to restructure their affairs. This regime came into force in August 2022, and since then we have seen a handful of petitions for the appointment of ROs come before the Grand Court. Okay, so when you say ROs, you mean a restructuring officer? Yes, that's right, and the regime is commonly referred to as the RO regime. Okay, so you mentioned a handful of cases that have come before the Grand Court in the Cayman Islands. What what are the key takeaways from them? The great thing about the RO regime is that to effect a restructuring via this route does not require a winding up petition to be filed. Yes, that's never really been a happy marriage, has it? A company trying to restructure but sitting there as a winding up petition that carries with it the very real threat of being wound up at some point. It does seem counterintuitive. Absolutely. And with the RO regime, one order that the court cannot make when presented with a petition is a winding up order. Plus, the company gets the benefit of a moratorium, which prevents the continuation or commencement of any proceedings against the company without leave of the court. Having said that, though, if the application for the appointment of a RO is not successful, the company may have increased difficulty in defending any subsequent winding up petition, because when making the RO application, it would have needed to admit it is or is likely to become insolvent. So it makes it easier for a creditor to wind up because the company will have already done half the job for it. Yeah, so careful thought is needed. Okay. You mentioned a moratorium. Can you expand a little on how that works? Sure. Uh, it comes into effect immediately on filing the petition, so you don't need to wait for a court order to be made. And it's intended to have extra jurisdictional effect, akin to the Chapter 11 moratorium, which most people are familiar with, which makes it potentially quite a powerful tool in the Kitty and Cayman, if there is a imminent or real creditor pressure. So how do you think the Hong Kong courts will approach this? Well, currently a case has not gone that far in Hong Kong, so we simply don't know how the Hong Kong courts will treat the moratorium or indeed the recognition of an RO. Maybe this year we'll see how that develops. Yes, and so far as the Cayman judiciary is concerned, there are some really useful comments given in the case of Reorbit International IC, where the judge actually dismissed the petition, but put great emphasis on the Cayman courts positively guarding against potential abuse, the need to strike a balance between all stakeholders, and emphasising the importance of foreign courts providing recognition and assistance. Exactly. In that case, the court dismissed the petition to appoint ROs, principally because there was no credible restructuring plan. 
Uh, while the court will not require a detailed or finalised restructuring plan, there does need to be something more than an abstract idea, even if just an outline. To quote the judge in that decision, uh, it is important that foreign courts readily provide recognition and assistance. The protection of the new regime by the judiciary from potential abuse should enhance international judicial cooperation from other countries. Absolutely. And of particular relevance in Asia is the fact that the judge specifically commented on the judiciary being very experienced and it being especially important to the Cayman Islands that the Hong Kong courts recognise and provide assistance to the ROs appointed in Cayman. Yes. The Cayman courts are very sophisticated and used to dealing with complex and high-value matters of international importance. And, of course, the final court of appeal from the Cayman Islands is the Privy Council in London. Just last July, Lord Reid, President of the UK Supreme Court and Lead Justice of the Judicial Committee of the Privy Council, addressed the Constitution Committee of the House of Lords and noted that in financial terms, the biggest cases they deal with are mostly Privy Council cases rather than Supreme Court ones. Okay, so lots of experience within the judiciary in Cayman and more debate expected on the RO regime in Hong Kong. Um, So, Dame, as a final wrap-up on the RO regime, we should just mention, I think, the recent case of Holt Fund SBC on 26th of January this year, where the court appointed uh, an RO over a segregated portfolio of an SBC. Can you talk us through the decision in that case, please? That recent decision demonstrates the flexibility of not only the RO regime, but also Cayman segregated portfolio companies. Uh, In short, the decision held that ROs may be appointed in relation to some, but not all, segregated portfolios of an SPC, where the SPC as a whole was not said to be insolvent. So if one accepts that a restructuring is generally preferable to a liquidation, the decision in Holt Fund can be commended for its pragmatism and commerciality. Uh, I should note that the application was unopposed and there are some interesting legal nuances and the reasons which are covered in our recent article on the case. But it's safe to say that as it's only the sixth of six RO petitions to be filed to date, it won't be the last time these issues will be litigated. Yes, absolutely. So issues in terms of the test for insolvency when dealing with a segregated portfolio and the interaction between three different and what could be seen at times to be conflicting regimes, SPCs, liquidations and RO appointments. So interesting to see how that will develop over the coming year. Great. Thank you very much, Damon, and we wish everyone a very happy New Year.